We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. To you, the listener, I want you to know that I appreciate you and I'm thrilled to have you here for another amazing episode. If there's ever anything that I can do to support you, please reach out. That being said, if you'd like to connect with me, LinkedIn is a channel that you're going to find me on. Just search for Lori Hybe. You can simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and any upcoming events. If you'd like to connect, make sure to send a note with your connection request that references Social Capital. I can't wait to hear from you. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes in order to successfully market to your ideal customer, you have to first understand that customer. You can learn more at keystoneclick.com. Today's guest is Annie Franceschi. She is a former Disney storyteller, best-selling author, six-figure founder, and branding expert. In 2013, she quit a dream job telling stories at the Walt Disney Studios to start her own agency, Greatest Story Creative. Since then, Annie's branded 125-plus businesses, spoken for thousands, and released two best-selling books, including her newest, Establish Yourself, Brand, Streamline, and Grow Your Greatest Business. Annie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Lori. I'm excited to have you here. And I love talking anything related to marketing and storytelling is so, so important today. So, um, but I've got a couple questions for you. Uh, what's the best way to grow a service business without living on social media? This is one I get all the time because, you know, nobody, nobody that I know in real life actually wants to live on social media really wants to like have to be on all the platforms and posting what they had for dinner. And so many people feel like they don't want to put themselves out there in that way. And, you know, I think it's absolutely possible to grow a service-based business without relying on 24 seven social media. And I had to carve that path out for myself. Um, I, that's a little bit of how I've been able to grow my business to consistent six figures is by letting go of what the gurus constantly say about how you have to do this 24 seven bro marketing approach. Um, I tried all that. It almost burnt me the heck out. And um, back in 2016, I decided, you know what? I'm going to double down on relationships. I'm going to double down on making the business I already have the best possible business it can be and not stressing about my follower count and my likes and all of these things that seem like they're important, but weren't moving the needle for me. Um, And that's, you know, you just mentioned my new book. That's exactly what I'm sharing in Establish Yourself is that process. How do you take your existing business and make it a, take it to a new level of passion and profit without it being all about social media? Because there are so many ways to grow a business. And I know that's something you talk about a lot, Lori, with those that you interview, because with this being social capital and being about relationships, right? Like people just forget that even the things you see online happen because of those behind the scenes relationships. Um, and so what I teach and what I practice myself is to not stress about 24 seven marketing, but instead optimize the people you already know, your past clients, your current clients, your referral partners, really make sure those relationships are fantastic. 
get in front of them on a consistent basis. And if you do those kinds of things, you can have a sustainable business that you love, that loves you back and not have, you know, more than just a couple, a handful of followers on social media. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I've seen a number of um, startups or, or I like to call them solopreneurs where they're, you know, corporate turned entrepreneur um, really focus on building their social media, but really that's just one piece of the puzzle. There's a lot of movement and, and area that you can, um, a lot of traction can happen without even using social media. Social media is a great place to have um, one message communicated to many people at once, but it takes time and consistency, but it shouldn't be the end all game. Right. Um, and that's too often it's taught that way, right? Like, yeah, is this like, yeah. You have to, you're, you know, a lot of the marketing gurus teach sort of catering to these cold leads, these people who have never heard of you before in a million years Mm -hmm. um, and try to instantly create a relationship with them where they're going to invest at your high ticket service offering. Can that be done? Yes. Does that take a lot of time and money and experts to really do well if you are not a natural born marketer? Yes. And most people aren't willing to tell you that second part. And so people can end up just kind of burnt out trying to thinking that social media is this gold mine. And it's like, it can be with the right team, with the right resources. But like you just said, solopreneurs, a lot of us don't have those deep pockets and the tolerance for risk that that can take and the amount of time that that can take. And so not a lot of people are speaking about this, the value of being able to grow a business without this reliance on social media, without the focus on it, not to say that social media isn't important, doesn't have this you know, can't have this tremendous impact on your business. But my, what I also run into too, is that a lot of people's businesses aren't businesses yet. They're so worried about promoting themselves that they haven't actually, um, I call it fixating on frosting. They're so focused on the frosting. They forget to bake the cake, which is Mm -hmm. a business that is fabulous. That has clients that's profitable. You know, you can have cake that's cake, but you can't have cake. That's just frosting. And that's what too many people are teaching. And too many people are getting stuck, stuck down the um, black hole of marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, how are you able to take a month of December off every year? <laughs> so you heard, um, so <laughs> I, I want to do that. <laughs> so one of the things that I become known for, um, is this thing I call batch December. And you may be familiar with uh, the concept of batch days, which mm-hmm. is taking a day to do some development with business development within your business and not work in the biz- on the business instead of in it. Sure. Uh, yep. I love that idea. Actually, when I um, doubled down this common sense, establish yourself approach in 2016, um, and I kind of let go of that social media chasing and really doubled down on strengthening my business, um, I had a new problem, which was a ton of interest and in no sy- systems. Um, so I decided that I was going to do something radical, which was close my business for the entire month of December that year in 2016 to uh, do what I call batch December. And it was to really take a critical look at all of my systems, my client experiences, my processes, my pricing, how could I make that cake, make my business better um, and set myself up for success, even though that meant turning down a lot of client work. Um, It was scary. It was 160 consecutive hours spent on my business, but I can tell you today that is that was game changing. And I'm still leveraging a lot of the insight and work that I did then. And I think I've done six batch Decembers now. I've done everything from uh, write my first book to finish writing my second to, um, you know, taking a vacation to Hawaii. I just do whatever I want in December. A lot of it's pushing the business forward and a lot of it's just pushing me forward. Um, but now it's become sort of my sacred time. And and the way that I, I do that and I make that work is 
I make a plan for it. I, you know, I tell my clients, I schedule all my projects. They know about Batch December. Uh, you might think people will be like, oh, well, you're not available and I lose business. Um, for maybe the little fraction of business I've lost, I've gained fans of people who are constantly like, how do you take the month of December off and still have a six-figure business? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I teach them and they, they do it their own way. Maybe they take December off or maybe it doesn't work for them. Maybe it's January. Maybe it's, I have a client who um, loved Batch December, but now she does a week every quarter. Um, to keep pace with things, right? So everybody does it kind of in their own way. Um, but I think the thing is, is that in our businesses, we tend to forget because we came from the corporate, I know I came from the corporate world working for Disney, that we think that we're sort of shackled by the societal definitions of what well, we have to work every month of the year. And uh, that's because of what other people do. And it's like, no, part of the reason you're in business is to have flexibility and you're not, you're never going to get a free month unless you schedule it, unless you plan to take it. Um, and I think if you've been thinking about it, like put some, build some freedom into your business. It could be your batch December. It could be your batch, whatever you want it to be. I love that. It's um, we do something in our office, that's one, it's one day a month. We call it GSD day, which is get shit done. Day. <laughs> I was going to say, I know GSD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but we only work on keystone click stuff. We don't, we don't touch any client work and everyone knows what they're tackling in advance. And it's great. I wish I could, I, I don't think I could do a month. <laughs> I could maybe do a week. <laughs> it's addictive, right? Like once yeah, you start spending sure. that kind of time on yourself and on your business mm-hmm. and you start to see the reap the rewards of it, it's kind of hard to go back and nor should you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's talk about marketing a little bit. How do I stand out with my marketing? That's like, I think everybody's favorite question to ask, like, how do I stand <laughs> out? And I like it, but I'm going to answer it in a different way, which is it's the wrong question altogether. Okay. Because I think that everybody is so, I think everyone thinks that their kind of main consideration with marketing is standing out that, oh, I need to come up with something original. So I get people's attention. And I'm sort of of the mind that there's nothing original under the sun. Like you're not going to create something that is just so different from what everybody else says that that is going to be your marketing. That is really an, an inefficient strategy and sort of you know, there are only so many words in the English language, for example, to describe what a leadership coach does or doesn't do. Um, and people are kind of trying to search for this elusive, perfect message and perfect logo and ways to sort of stand out. And what I say is trade standing out for understanding. Hmm. There's way too much focus on this creativity, but creativity doesn't mean anything without context. Yep. So I know you, you and I, Lori, I'm sure you've had people on the show. I won't have you name names, but some people say what they do. And you're just like, you, your eyes glaze over. You're like, what did they just say? Like that <laughs> sounded good. I'm sure they get, I call it people who are seeking applause instead mm-hmm. of action. Because if, if you're getting a reaction to what you're saying, you're likely not necessarily getting revenue from it mm-hmm. because the two, they're two different reactions. Like when people kind of clap for you, like, I don't think that's a good sign. I think that that's a sign of, wow, that's really creative. I have no idea what that would mean for me or anyone I know, but that sounds really cool. Like that's, that's the uh, impression I used to get when I'd go around saying, Hey, I'm a business storyteller. Like I help you tell your story in your business. And like, I absolutely do that, but nobody understood the context of that. So they Mm -hmm. go, wow, that's so amazing. And I, the phone wouldn't ring. Right. And, and now I, I proudly embrace that. Like so many, I mean, thousands of people do this. I do branding. And I'm most known for helping you clearly tell your story. 
And I embrace that. Like that's okay for me to lead with something that a lot of people do because it's the context that matters first for the creativity to come in later. So I think that that's something where some permission to let go of this, like, I think this sort of impossibly high bar to stand out. It's not about standing out. Like if people understand what you do and you develop strong relationships, you can have a successful service business. Um, You absolutely can. And that's often, I think the thing holding back a lot of the folks I come into contact with, they are so wanting the security blanket of a creative message that they don't even seem to care much that people don't really get it uh, because they think it's doing the marketing for them. And instead it's actually possibly confusing and repelling their ideal client. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of clarity. It, it's going to win every single time if you make it very easy. Um, I, and this is, a, this is a question we always ask people when we're looking at their websites. And uh, the first question, is it clear and obvious what it is that you do? Preach. Because if it's <laughs> not, the first thing that people are going to do is hit the back button on their computer <laughs> and find right. someone else that's going to speak to them and help them solve that problem. So yeah, it has to be super clear. And and there's room for creativity in clarity, but- But they go have, in that order. It's yes. prioritized. Yeah, yes. people don't, they need to be, clarity definitely comes before in, in the Russian nesting doll of yes. how you message your business. <laughs> That's a good analogy. <laughs> I like that one. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that 100%. And then it's also consistency. You have to be right. consistent with that clear message that you're being, that you're pushing. And that's how you really get that um, people start, get that perception of other people understanding who you are and what people, you do. People always think that it's creativity or like capital, like these things that feel really hard to get to. And, and one of the things I talk about in my new book, Establish Yourself, is I came up with these four criteria, these four factors that I have directly observed been the key to success for consultants and coaches who thrive and the ones who don't, the ones who don't, don't have these things, the ones who do have them in spades. Um, so I call them the, the four key C's, the four key C's to unlocking your greatest business. And they are all having to do, we've already named a few of them. So the first one is courageous confidence. So, you know, bravely choosing to believe in yourself um, and putting yourself forth as the expert, uh, crucial clarity. So being really clear but being really focused on what you are doing. So clear and and focused and not trying to be everything, everybody, um, conscious consistency, you just said it, right? So being consistent about what you're doing and having systems, having conscious systems to make that possible. And then the last one that is constant, I constantly see is continued commitment. If I see any more people who invest in a message or try out taglines and are changing them week to week, changing the words on their website, you're changing your message so fast that nobody gets to know what you do. You have no sense of whether it's working or not. People have to commit. They they invest in having their hit song produced and then they never go play it. They're constantly changing the lyrics and the melody. And so, you know, those are the four factors of, um, of confidence, of clarity, of consistency and commitment that really are the difference makers for the businesses that don't stress about their social media likes. They have money coming in. They take December off like that. That's the deal. Like if you're, if you can really commit to those things, that's, what's going to move the needle more than creativity or, you know, really deep pockets to invest in your business. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is great. It's uh, also a good time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor. Social capital is sponsored by bamboo reach. 
Bamboo Reach, a division of Keystone Click, offers fresh, cost-effective websites and marketing services for the solopreneur and micro-business owner so they can confidently promote their business online. As a small business owner, you have a lot of expertise to offer your ideal customer. Let Bamboo Reach take the stress out of your website development and marketing messaging so that you can grow and focus on what you do well. Visit BambooReach.com to learn more. So Annie, lots of great things that we've been talking about around marketing. And, and I believe that networking is one of those um, one of those many things that I mentioned earlier that play a factor in, in your marketing. Uh, uh, in your, uh, yeah, in your marketing. <laughs> but to some people, that word networking is super scary. It's intimidating. There's hesitation. There's fear that comes um, along with that. And my goal is to really help alleviate some of that. So can you share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? Sure. Um, you know, it's one of those things that's, you know, in the book that, I, that I've released with Establish Yourself, I actually go through four, six areas of business. And one of them is referral relationships. And I actually prioritize that first over general marketing. So you're like right there in that zone of like, it's so important to, um, to network, but to do so really intentionally. I'm trying to think of like an exact, maybe a story about networking. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I think, I think it's, I think the magic happens when you really put yourself in the orbit of people who are in similar kinds of businesses. And so I, you know, I think we've both been there when we have had our brain picked and we're exhausted and we're just like meeting with the wrong people and our time's being wasted. I've gotten some of the best um, connections from investing and being part of some sort of a group, a group, not just any group, but a group that really aligned to my um, values. So, so what came to mind when you asked me about a story was I had joined this collaboration catalyst group that Nevika Vazquez, um, I don't think she runs it anymore, but she was sort of pairing people who were at similar places, service-based business owners with um, accountability partners and that kind of thing. And so it was, it was a good pond for me to be in of people who were in similar places. And I met this woman named Drea Jones and she's, she's an incredible social media expert. She's, she'll be the first to teach you not to overdo it, not to be on every platform. Uh, I really like her common sense strategies, but we became fast friends back in, I think this was 2017. Um, but because of that connection, we, she went on to be my first guest when I, I have a show called branding with friends. So she's just been our um, only two-time guest. She just came back and she just had a baby all at the same time. Um, but, you know, being able to meet her and then she introduced me to um, a dear, a friend of hers that came into her orbit called Megan Meganson. Um, she is an incredible burnout, um, burnout free business coach. So if you struggle, you really want to have a seamless business. Megan's a great resource, especially for therapists. Um, and that's also been such a rewarding connection. So just because I knew Drea, Drea connected me to Megan. Megan and I um, have become good friends and I've spoken for her mastermind. I've worked with many of her clients and it's just like an excellent fit. So I'm all about networking when it's like a good use of my time. And I think that for me, the takeaway from the story is when you want to network, don't think about who you want to be around and try to get yourself in the communities uh, of people, even if you have to pay to be in that gate, whether, you know, whatever it is a month to try it out, to be around the people that are good for you to meet and worthwhile for you to be networking with. Because 
you know, all things being equal, we can't take every virtual coffee that, you know, someone else wants to have with us. We really got to be strategic if we don't want to spend a million hours on our business every week. So, so that's what I would say is seeking out those communities um, to get those rewarding relationships to help grow your business. Yeah, I love that. And I, I agree hundred percent that it's um, being intentional with your time and, and strategically aligning yourself with people that align with your goals and objectives and the things that you're trying to achieve makes so much sense. But that's a great story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, Annie, regardless of the size of your community and your network, it's still extremely important to stay in touch with these individuals. So how do you stay in touch and in, in your, to your network and how do you best nurture these relationships? Yeah, I think, I think that's really um, important to, to call out because, you know, I, one of the things I'm always talking about is how like, you don't have to have thousands on your email list to have a successful business, but you do have to be top of mind with people. And so my best advice for that is really, and what, what I have been practicing is creating what I call consistency containers um, or consistency container systems. So I, consistency is actually my bottom strengths finder strength. It's like at the very bottom of the 34 um, <laughs> different profiles, which I was shocked to learn. Um, but it makes sense that I've been able to be so strongly consistent because I have systems, because I have a way of doing things. So a couple of ways I stay in touch with um, people on my list and just people in my network. Um, I don't like, I used to write a blog every week and that was so draining and I wasn't seeing the return on it. And it was so much time. And I said, you know what? I was going on maternity leave. I'm like, forget this. Um, and I started a show, as I just mentioned, called Branding with Friends. And Branding with Friends hit a lot of goals for me because um, it was something I could delegate, something I could automate. Um, it's a YouTube show that gets syndicated to um, my blog. And I send out an email about it every month when the new episodes come out. And it allows me to, basically, I interview people who are experts at what they do, but they intersect with branding. So I had Drea on to talk about posting on LinkedIn. I've had, um, I just had an expert come on to talk about inclusivity and your branding or confidence in branding and um, having people come on. So it allows me to network better. So I'm always seeking guests that allow me to kind of meet complimentary referral partners, mm -hmm. uh, right? So it gives me a way to make those introductions pretty naturally, um, feature them to my audience and then have content for my audience that's very on brand. So like my best content, because I am a high ticket branding services person who does your marketing messaging, your consistent visual branding and website, um, I need to always be getting in front of people and talking about what branding is and what the value of it is. You know, my goal and the goal of my content and staying in front of people is not about teaching people how to do their own logos. It's about making sure that people know that branding is important and know that I'm a great resource when they're ready to invest in up-leveling their business. Um, so Branding with Friends really allows me to do that. And I've been able to do 30 episodes since I launched it right before my maternity leave about a little over two years ago. Um, and so we've been really consistent with that. And then I have, I batch my social media, so I don't touch my social media, but once a year and I run it through a tool called SmarterQ. Um, and other than that, I just really try to um, be genuine and, and cheer my clients on even simple things. Like I just had my assistant go in and I have everybody's birthday. So the, every, for the first three years, I am knowing somebody, they're getting an email from me on their birthday that says it's personalized. It says, Hey, you know, um, I love that we're working together, wishing you a happy birthday. I don't have to do it, but it's a great way to stay yeah, of mind with people. I love it. Wow. You've got a whole, whole plan fleshed out, which is fantastic. <laughs> and really maximizing automations and efficiencies um, 
which is which is brilliant. Love it. Um, Annie, what advice would you offer business professionals who are looking to grow their network? If you're looking to grow your network, I think one of the things that, um, and if that doesn't come naturally to you, you could consider starting some sort of a consistency container, whether that's that YouTube show, a podcast, a blog interview series. That has given me a really natural way to reach out to people that I admire, that I would want to have a connection with. So again, I think having that intentionality, having something to offer them doesn't have to be a show, but that's one example. Um, Being reciprocal is huge. Being a clear communicator about what you do. Um, I have something for for everybody that I know Lori's going to share with you shortly that'll help you do these things. But you know, my best advice is truly to be very genuine, be very reciprocal. If you're asking someone um, to meet, um, like see what you can do to support them too, and be really good about follow-up. There's so many people I meet with who I never hear from again. I never really stay a part of their lives and never hear from them. And that that's a loss for them and for me. So, um, you know, having those part of a relationship is not just that first coffee, it's staying in touch. So what are you doing to, once you've met somebody, um, to really let them know what you're up to, you know, when you have that new thing, keeping that list and really, you know, not a blast, but like letting people know, like, Hey, I'm working on this, thought you'd find it interesting, that kind of thing that works hard to do, especially without a system. But when you have it, that is a really authentic way to grow your network. That is not going to be about numbers, but about quality of people who have strong relationships with you. Oh, I love it. Um, here's a fun one for you. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? My gosh, I love that question. Um, so I would tell myself to give myself more permission, um, more permission to, to do things that felt scary. Um, and it's funny you ask this question this way, cause I literally, my first book is called permission to try. Um, and it is that exact question as a book. So it is, you know, what would I tell myself when I was 27 years old and working at the Walt Disney Studios and pondering quitting the dream job I had worked so hard to get? Um, so that that's what that book is about, is anybody who's thought about, especially in your 20s, thinking about pivoting, thinking about quitting something and not especially something good and not knowing what's going to come next and how scary that can feel, um, kind of giving yourself a pep talk about changing your life. And so um, better or worse, I've actually cathartically processed that kind of a question and put the answers into at least my best answers into a a self-development book. Hmm. Interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Um, All right. I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. So what's something that you'd like to ask me? Well, Lori, I'm, I'm curious about that 20, 20 year old self question. What would you say, tell yourself to do more or less? <laughs> um, I would actually invest more time in finding a mentor. Hmm. I was very much focused on, um, and had the mentality that I can do it on my own. Uh, so I made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot of lessons, but, um, at some point in my career and just life in general, I realized that, uh, other people have walked the same path I have, and I can learn from them instead of trying to make the mistakes of my own. So, um, I think that's something I would have done a lot, uh, a lot more of is, uh, learning from my elders when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think there's something to be said for raising your hand. And I think at least in my twenties, I felt and even going into my early thirties, feeling like I had to do everything even within my business. And that, Mm -hmm. that mentality can actually keep you pretty like stuck for a long time. Totally. 
Um, all right. So I know you've got something to offer our listeners. You kind of t- uh, teased it a little bit. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, so I was talking a little bit about um, today about focusing on understanding instead of standing out and the importance of following up when you do that virtual coffee date or that now that in-person coffee date with people. Um, I created a tool that is free for this. So it is called Your Best Referral Bio. So if you want to get better and more referrals, you want to stay in touch with your referral partners. When you meet somebody, I've literally created a plug and play template for you to tell them very clearly what you do. Hey, this is what I do, what I'm known for. Here are my ideal clients. And here's like plug and play way to introduce me. So this is literally like steal my template. I call it my $12,000 email because it is so effective at um, getting new business, at least for my agency, it is. Um, But you want to, you know, talk to people and then right after you email them, great to meet you. Here's what I do. And it's literally an email you can copy and paste. So if you need an elevator pitch, it's also um, an elevator pitch script as well as a LinkedIn message. So if you've been struggling to say what you do clearly, your best referral bio has got you covered. Well, one, I just went to the website link that's going to be included in our show notes and downloaded it. So thank you so much. It's a great offer to share. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's the accountability step is um, use it, you know, let people know. I can't count on how many times I've presented on this and I present this tool and it's like very few people in the audience, like actually do the work, like fill it out and send it to me. Cause then I know what you do and I can send you opportunities. Love it. I, I think this is fantastic. All right. So um, any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? You know, growing and supporting your network, I think it's all about it. Everything comes back to you and like what it is you're actually trying to do. I think there's too much noise out there and too much pressure, especially in the online marketing world to do things a certain way. And we get wrapped up in that. I call it like the tactic tornado. And that, that's how we end up on the black hole of internet marketing and all of this. And I think the best thing you can do if you want to grow and strengthen your network is to take a step back and to think about what is it you really want? I I call this, this idea of growing your greatest business, not the business everyone is telling you that you should have the one that you actually want. So like taking a step back to define that, what is your greatest business? What does it look like? And within that, once you have clarity on that, well, what kind of networking and what kind of network do you need to get there? Mm -hmm. You know, that's the question. Too many people are kind of going to the the end result and not thinking about the strategy, the kind of the they're, they're thinking too much about the tactics and not enough about like where they're trying to go yep. and why they're trying to go there. And so it does come back to your why it does come back to where you're going on the map. Um, because you may find as I did, you know, I was doing all this sporadic networking and I realized I need to let that go. I shouldn't be in rooms and, and networking in groups that have all these like say product-based entrepreneurs in them, yep. right. Or yep. mortgage lenders or people, people, Oh, I don't do branding for, um, you know, I shouldn't be in those rooms. Right. I should be in the right part of it is being in the right rooms, but how do you know what the right room is if you don't know what you really want and what your business really does? So that clarity, what is your, you know, answering, what is your greatest business will lead you to how to have your greatest network. Yeah, I think that's great. And, um, I'll, I'll share quickly when I was going through a similar situation, I was in too many groups, but then when it came down to it, there's probably only three groups that really made sense because it was my ideal customer. Um, but I struggled to get rid of the groups. It was more of a FOMO thing than anything else. <laughs> like these aren't my people, but you know, I can I can still hang out with them. I just don't need to commit to 
investing my time from a professional and networking. Yep. Your stands. time is money, right? Yes, time is exactly. Money. So yeah, that's great. And if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way that they can reach you? So you guys can find me at greateststorycreative.com or you can find me on LinkedIn under Annie Franceschi. Um, just be sure to mention the podcast episode because we all know people are, are friending on LinkedIn without any context, right? Yeah, that drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Lori. Absolutely. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Annie for taking the time to connect with us. As mentioned before, let's connect on LinkedIn. Connect with me, connect with Annie. Um, We're both looking forward to hearing from you. I hope you enjoyed today's show. And most importantly, go reach out and connect with someone. Reconnect with someone from your past or find someone new that you'd like to connect with. That's what it's all about. Go and build those relationships. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode. 